0: Listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. Greg, I've got a familiar sound here for you. Oh, does that have anything to do with our most recent show? It does. Oh, man. The taffy guy from last week, uh, John Luiz's, uh, uh
1: he sent us <laughs> samples. World's, world's
0: famous, most famous taffy company. I'm going to call it the world's best famous taffy company. Well, the reason why it's amazing. the most
1: famous is because oh, it is man. the best. My goodness. I Which got a box mm-hmm. of samples, mm-hmm. and it was like a one pound box of taffy. And oh, it had, like, I don't know, at least 50 different <laughs> flavors of taffy in this one pound box.
2: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And my wife and I have just been going nuts on that thing. We we can't Mm -hmm. walk by the counter without grabbing one and trying Mm -hmm. a new flavor out. Mm -hmm. I I I I better keep talking because you are chewing some Mm coffee right now, Mm -hmm. and you you got your mouth (laughs) full. This is this is podcasting at its best right now Mm -hmm. because (laughs) (laughs) here is chewing.
0: (laughs) So. My barbecue was supposed to come in the other day and it didn't. And I was like, oh man, I really want to get this thing for Labor Day. It's not coming in. And then this package arrived in the mail. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'll get this barbecue eventually. It's just fine. So thank you, John, for sending this over to us. Um, man, great, great, great taffy. So uh, be sure yes. to check it out. Thank uh, you, John and listen to that show last week it was uh it was a good one too so uh it, it, this is a week though uh where where i also got something free i got a book uh from a friend of mine that i've worked with for a bit here He's, he was actually one of my like he he was a sales rep that that came in and and chatted with me and and he was, must have been good because um, I'm still <laughs> talking to him. And uh, I bought bought a bunch of stuff from him, so <laughs> a bunch of media from him back in the day. 10 Seconds of Boldness is uh, the name of the book. And Sean Langwell is joining us today. Hey, Sean, how you doing?
2: Doing good, Russ.
0: How's it Sorry, going, I'm still, Sean? still getting taffy hey, out of my hey, mouth. good to so. see you. <laughs> yeah, it's good seeing you again as well. So, uh, Sean, tell us, uh, while I get taffy out of my mouth here, uh, tell us a little about your book.
2: So 10 Seconds of Boldness, uh, the, basically, the, it's an essential guide to solving problems and building self-confidence. And I, I purposely wrote this with uh, not one particular audience or individual. Actually, I take that back. I wrote it with one individual in mind, but I wanted it to appeal to as many people as possible who suffer from a common ailment that's really uh, tied to low self-esteem that That common ailment is not just lack of self-confidence, but it's low self-esteem. Um, in doing my research for the book, there's roughly eighty five percent of us in the United States suffer from some form of low confidence or low self-esteem. So that was really discovered in the research project. I was mentioned to Greg before the show that this really this project started as, a goal setting book on the heels of a memoir I had written about my um, recovery journey and wanting to take it to the next level and really thinking the audience was going to be about, um, you know, helping people in recovery to acclimate and, and, and become productive citizens in, in their own way. And along the way, uh, two years into writing it, my goals for work ate my lunch and I wasn't, hitting goals. And next thing you know, I'm kind of looking at the bottom, looking up going, what am I doing writing a goal setting book when I can't even hit my own goals to put food on the table? So the person I wrote the book for is my wife, Chrissy. And, uh, you know, she is a self-published author of 12 books. I've watched her struggle with her own imposter syndromes and doubts and insecurities for many, many years. And I wanted it to be husbandly like enough and not adamant (laughs) enough in your face because those are the folks that I want to reach. I want to be able to not get up there on a pedestal and beat on my chest and say, you need to do this. And really that's the crux of it. It's about changing our belief system, meeting people where they're at and encouraging them and inspiring them to do better things with their lives, whatever that means to them.
1: Now, when you were writing the book, did she know that she was the audience.
2: She didn't in the beginning because originally it was just going to be a goal setting book and as I got to the place where I had I I had 110,000 words written and I basically scrapped 40 of them 40 or 50,000 of them I just like it it wasn't working. And when I polished it up enough and I got to a place where I was playing with working titles um I ran probably 15 to 20 different permutations by her. Most of them were like things like get rid of your excuses. Stop whining." I mean, it was me going off on a tangent of things that I would say in not so kind way. And she's like, nobody's going to buy that. And, (laughs) uh, you know, so when I got to the place about a year ago where I was working on the final draft after the, what Anne Lamott calls the shitty first draft, I polished it up and I put her in as the dedication. I dedicated it to her and dreamers everywhere and that's when she started to kind of lean in and coach me on finding the right title, finding the right subtitle and putting the cover together. Let's talk about that 85% Sean.
0: Uh, So most of the people listening then, and I think all of us have had moments at least where we kind of question our ourselves, right? Where we're not sure, "Eh, can I do this? (laughs) I mean, a lot of the times um, uh, I'll I'll go to the golf course, right? Like I definitely can't do that. I have no self-confidence there, but (laughs) there's areas where I do have self-confidence, there's areas where I don't. Um, What do we do when we start to feel those things like that, that that moment when we don't think that we have, like that we don't think we can do something?
2: It varies by individual, but, you know, I think that that stat, which is research driven and and supported by a lot of different studies that have done, I can't name them off the top of my head. But like you said, you know, we may be very proficient and effective and highly productive in one area or more of our lives, i.e. our job or something that we went to school for and, and invested a lot of time, energy, experience Got our, you know, skinned our knees, so to speak. But oftentimes the modus operandi when somebody tries something new, either a job change, a new relationship. Um, you know, before we got on air here, Greg was talking about pickleball, and that's something completely new. I don't even know what the game is, really. I assume it's kind of like playing ping pong with the racket on the ground with like lawn bowling with paddles. I don't know. But I'm I'm interested. So the 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 confidence comes in. Oftentimes, the the lack of confidence and the low self esteem, it's really just another form of fear. And if if we as humans and individuals continue to let our lives and our belief system be ruled by fears, doubts, insecurities, imposter syndrome, and all these types of things, the ability for us to achieve those things that we think we want diminish and. It's about, you know, Denzel Washington did a great video on it a while ago where it's, you know, you, you, you can go over and around, avoid it, retract. But the only way that I really know to go through it is through it, to go through that fear. And that's where the title came in is finding that 10 seconds of boldness to take one step forward and another one forward. And later on, we can talk about it too. That isn't always the best strategy to just take it head on. Sometimes the best solution is really taking two steps back to reassess and reevaluate and look inside at what we think we really want. And not only what we want, what do we want to accomplish? What do we want the outcome to be? But why do we want it? And you know, Simon Sinek does a fantastic job about finding your why. And it, it's, you know, he's now more and more applying that to an individual sense and an individual sense in a business setting. But at the end of the day, if we don't know why we're doing something and why the heck are we doing it in the first place? I mean, that's just, that's how I operate. So, um, self-esteem and the problems with self-esteem really come from the fear of the unknown, pure mm-hmm. and simple fear of rejection, fear of the unknown, um, And that goes into us, many of us, wanting to control the situation. We want to have total control over the outcome. If we do A, B will come out of it. And if it doesn't, how do we respond? How do we react?
1: Don't you find it's cool? Like I train a lot of people to obviously not be fearful of the unknown, kind of lean into it and look at it as a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can't just be scared and back up, back up, back up all the time, because you're just going to continue to lose your confidence, right? If you just yep. keep backing up because you want to avoid failure, you're, you're really not going to succeed, right? And, and, and I, I think this is something that the three of us can relate to. We've all done sales. And that's how, you know, originally I met you, Sean, is is through sales. A lot of salespeople, when they're in slumps, right? And and, in sales, Mm -hmm. there are, you know, ebb and flow, right? You're going to go through hot streaks, you can go cold streaks. But when, you know, people that are in low streaks, not doing well in their sales, they start getting in their own head and they lose their confidence Mm -hmm. and they start making changes and they start kind of protecting themselves of yeah. kind of leaning into the unknown and figuring out, okay, how, how do I get out of this? How do I come up mm-hmm. with a solution to kind of get back into that positive uh, momentum that I had maybe a month ago or two weeks ago, or maybe it's it's been four months since I've been on a hot streak. And I think people just need to follow your advice and really lean into it and you know, not back off of it.
2: Yeah, and there's, there's lots of different uh, ways of doing that, Greg. It's, you know, it's, it's different for the individual, but I'm a, a huge proponent and I spent a whole chapter talking on about it in the book. Some people may think it's mumbo jumbo, but there's a lot to be said about visualization about, you know, I mean, I, I can't remember the author's name right now, but the book, the secret about creating that mind space yeah. to be receptive, to be in a place of, um, of abundance Rather than scarcity, many people have talked Mm -hmm. about those two as as juxtaposed. You know, if you're thinking of a forward mindset, what is that? And it does require courage. It does require boldness. It requires um, also knowing what you want to do, and and more importantly, being okay with the fact that you probably are not going to succeed at something new. First time you try it, yeah. And I slowed that down on purpose because so many kids and so many people think that they can actually—they see Steph Curry hitting threes from all over. And I go down to the gym here and I watch these kids, and (laughs) fourteen years old, they cross half court and they're throwing it up, and it's not fun. They make maybe twenty percent of their shots. And I love the sport of basketball, (laughs) and I, I include a story of that in the book, but. It's, it's about spaced repetition. It's about being willing to hit a brick once in a while and clank it and not make it and just practice, practice, practice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Those, yeah. those kids that are
1: throwing it, it up right after half court, they see Steph Curry doing it, but they don't see Steph Curry doing it 500 times in the gym every yeah, single day. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just watched that Elvis movie, which, by the way, fantastic. I totally was digging it. Um, but one of the things that they said in there was, uh, I, you I'm gonna screw this line up, but it was something like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, the, 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 the guy that succeeds is the guy that that succeeded once and failed, you know, thirty or forty times, or you know, something along those, those lines. I just think it's a. Uh, It's a cool thing. So, all right, we got to take a short break. Uh, We're going to do that. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Sean. We'll be right back. All right, thanks for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you. We are proud to be a part of the Electricast podcast media empire. That's what I'm going to call it now. Uh, It's fantastic (laughs) over there. It's growing so much. Uh, The the Winner's Edge Network is growing. The the Best Business Network, which this show is on, is growing so much. So uh, be sure to check out a lot of those shows out there. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, uh, it's like... I don't know, Greg, do you ever have time to do anything else other than listen to podcasts these days? (laughs) Because I feel like you listen to so many. Sean mentioned that,
1: you know, pickleball, and now I'm starting to kind of try to fit in pickleball into my life. It's it's still, it's just, it's just sneaking in right now.
0: You could. Probably have headphones in and still listen to podcasts while you're doing that. Good so. idea. Good <laughs> idea. I will <would> do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so we were talking we got on the, like the, the, visualization a little bit. I like, I like that, that topic. Cause I, I love that book. The uh, secret, uh, burn, Ron- uh, th-
2: burn B <laughs> B R Y N E. There we go. There we go. Yeah. We got it.
0: Um, but yeah, that, you know, like that, uh, that whole idea and then like what we were talking about i couldn't help but think about improv scenes right because so i do i do improv uh, i do this each week and it's like one of those things where it helps me to think faster it helps me to to be a little little wittier sometimes uh not not always the jokes don't always land but sometimes it does but when i'm in a scene right and and i i just feel like the scene is going wrong i get inside my own head and i'm like oh man this scene is like not fun. This is not working out. This is, this is not going well. And then guess what? The scene gets worse and worse and worse and worse as it goes. I've used that, that same sort of thought process in, uh, working in projects or working, or even like just talking to a client on the phone or, you know, whatever it is that's trying to sell something
2: mm-hmm. where
0: I don't let that get into my head as much anymore because, okay, this sales call is not going great. Once I do that, I I I'm like I'm I'm spiraling down. The the way that I get out of that in improv is now the way that I get out of that in a sales call or in, you know, a client call, whatever it is, by changing. Like just changing whatever pattern I'm doing. I try to recognize that, and I make a big change, a big bold change to do something different. Like an improv, that could be all of a sudden you start crying, you know, or or you start laughing, or you notice something in the distance. Like that's that's the improv way to do it, and the sales call, you know, way to do that. It it's kind of the same. It, like you can do something else. I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and the, the call wasn't going great, and then I just said, "Oh, you know what? Sorry." I haven't had my coffee today. I'm going to, I'm going to walk and get coffee while we're talking. Is that all right? (laughs) Like I literally, I just changed where I was going and what I was doing. And then all of a sudden we started talking about like, oh yeah, man, if I don't have coffee, blah, 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 you know, have you heard about, and then we started like, we changed the subject, we refreshed and like the call got better with the client. And this was kind of a difficult, you know, situation that I was dealing with. But it totally worked. It was it was interesting, and you, you talk about change uh, in your book as well. So let, let's get into the topic of, of just trying to make that change. It it's not easy. How how do you how do you walk somebody through that?
2: God, it's it's change is one of the change is just difficult, you know. And it's it's easy to write. It's easier to write about it when you can look at it a little bit objectively and kind of. Study a few things here and a few things here. But at the end of the day, it always comes back to what, how do I respond and how do I react when things don't go my way? Hmm. That goes mm-hmm. back to that control and that expectation. And, you know, a lot, sometimes there's change that is of our own control within our own locus of control. And there's other change that is completely out of our hands that we need to respond to or react to. And, you know, I think for your question and and the book in particular, I'm really looking at self-directed change, um, mm-hmm. and what that means is in a couple different ways. One, what is a current situation? Um, I had, in, early in the book, there's a, a graphic of a bridge, just a simple iron-like bridge here. On the left is where you're at now and you want to go over here so what's the change the change is walking over that bridge and what does that change entail a change can be a change of attitude a change of mindset a change of doing something different of not repeating the same mistakes that you did a change of um just an open-mindedness and a willingness to really be willing to fail because in teach treating it as a learning experience But the impetus for change has to, for me, really be driven and motivated from within Um, and something that goes back to the why. Why would I want to change? And, you know, we haven't talked about it on air yet, but in the beginning of the book, I share a little bit about the the impact of change that happened in my life early on. I'm not going to put a spoiler alert, but that change that happened led me to react in a certain way that I couldn't cope with my feelings. And I ran to drugs and alcohol to, to mask them. So Mm -hmm. for somebody who's young, a young adult teenager struggling with addiction, the change that needs to take place is if I don't change something, I might die. And that's the grim reality of where I was at. Not every change that we choose to make is literally a life and death situation. There are changes of jobs. You know, an average person changes jobs or careers at least three to seven times in their lifetime. The change can happen when I was, you know, the title of the book is 10 Seconds of Boldness. Um, when I was not doing the things that I knew I should after 28 years in sales and media sales, I got complacent. I got lazy. I got comfortable. And I knew that about myself. So the change is the self-awareness and the honesty to admit that I wasn't doing what I could. I didn't have a boss knocking on my shoulder or, or threatened to fire me. I was more imploding about, I'm gonna lose my job if I don't turn this around. So the change became what we started this to- topic about here is, is visualization. It was putting that note card in front of my phone, 10 seconds of boldness on a Post-it note. And literally, I'm not gonna lie, I, I stared at that for two or three weeks before I had the courage to pick up the phone and start calling, making cold calls. But they weren't cold because I spent some time researching. Some of it was grabbing the Diamond Certified guides, looking at clients that I may have had experience with in the past and looking at a little bit of visual of who these folks were. I may have met some of them. And then looking at their websites and going, you know what? They don't have it going on 100%. Diamond Certified was trying to help them. And I might be able to bring something to the table that can actually help this business owner. So it became... The change for me was not, what can I get out of the situation? The change was, what can I bring to the table as a salesperson to help solve a problem for a client that may or may not know that they have a problem? And that turned into success. In 18 months, I went from what I call zero to hero. I In the middle of the pandemic, my sales grew almost 30% year over year for 18 straight nice. months. Yeah, and that's amazing. It's unheard of. Yeah, yeah, usually during that
1: period of time, I mean, you just don't hear that kind of success story. Yeah. I kind of want to expand on this change thing because I find that a lot of people think that they want to change, but they don't know what to change,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? They just know, okay, something's not right in my life, something's not right in my career, And they know something needs to change because they're not terribly happy, or maybe like you said, you get complacent, but they don't know how to identify what really needs to be changed to really make that big change, big step in their lives. um, That's kind of going to get them out of whatever they're feeling at that moment, or you know that period of their lives. How do you help them kind of figure that out?
2: You know it. it, it it takes a lot of willingness, Greg, and it, it's the simple solution is the book's broken up into five parts. And this came after me doing a lot of revisions because I was getting frustrated about the the key thread line of how I wanted to present this information. And the five step process or five step method is really nothing new, but the application and the support that of the the strate- strategy within those is you know, fairly unique to the experience that I have and some of the people that I interviewed. And Those five steps not to leave you hanging are basically identify the problem of the opportunity. You have to know exactly what the problem is that you want to solve. Then it's clearly decide what you want to do about it. And that's what I think you're talking about where some people get hung up is, yeah, okay, I see the problem, but I don't quite know A, what to do about it or B, if I want to do anything about it. Right, So. Right. In an addictive situation, that if part weighs heavily and, you know, I talk about that too of how sometimes things have to hurt so bad because that becomes the motivator for us to actually change because it's painful and we can't see doing it unless we go in a different direction. The third one is why. That's motive, drive, ambition. What is the reason that you want to make this change? And the other two are so simple and so practical and so pragmatic, but they get us hung up. It's creating a plan and working the plan. It's not rocket science. <laughs> but within that element of change or not knowing, you kind of have that's where the two steps back come from. You kind of got to take a step back. And I say look in the mirror because often the problems that we feel we have aren't out there. They're really some, something to do with what's going on and how we think or process information or how we think about our space in the world or our value to others or our value to ourselves. It becomes this internal self-awareness um, piece that can be done a lot of different ways. I mean it can be Myers-Briggs, it can be disc, it can be all these 360 things that are out there. But the bottom line is get down to the simplicity of it. What do you want? What do you want to do? What are you good at? What are you not good at? What is what is it about this particular thing that is causing some anxiety or angst? And what do you want the new situation to be? And mm-hmm. that may sound oversimplistic but you know, most of us spend more time planning a vacation than actually planning the next two to three years of our lives. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I've, I I had spreadsheets for my uh, trip
0: to Texas. Most, most of that was uh, barbecue related, though. <laughs> right. Oh, Finally, I brought up barbecue in this episode. I, I think I'm twice, gonna, actually, no. now. Okay. Yeah, well, you, did that answer you your question, this point,
1: Greg? You, you, you got on that early.
0: We'll take a short break. Uh, we'll continue with more DIY for Business after this. More barbecue.
1: <laughs> Thank you for staying with us. You're back with, with Russ and Greg on DIY for Business, part of the Best Business Network and Electrocast Media. Please go check out all the other shows on both of those networks. You are going to be entertained. I promise you. <laughs> Go check it out.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, we're here today with Sean Langwell, the author of 10 Seconds of Boldness, which I love. I love the title of that because it really is baby steps, right? You got to take that first 10 seconds of boldness and that'll turn into 20 seconds and, and beyond. The beginning of the show, you started by saying it was really going to be about a goal setting book. And I, and it kind of evolved into what the book landed up turning into, but what part of goal setting did you keep and how did you work it into, um, what the book landed up being?
2: I love the question. And you're actually the first person that's picked up on that because I wanted to have some tangible, actionable items here. And there's several, um, there's several, what I call them as prompts throughout the various chapters, because my editor said, basically, you need to give people something to do as they're moving along. And anytime you ask somebody to do something, it's going to be somewhat of a goal, because it requires some effort, some thought, some action of any type. So those are varied, but the the biggest gist, ironically, because I've spent so much of my life being goal-driven, type A, making lists, having a lot of these time management schools. When I went through college, um, I used to, (laughs) when I first was going through college and and even before college in high school, I was wait, you know, bussing tables and I'd keep track of all the, all the tips that I got. And I wrote them in a little book and I just keep track of that. So along the lines, I got this concept of just to be somebody, you got to kind of pay attention and you have to have something to shoot for So the quick and dirty of it is um, the goal setting part of the book was actually the easiest to write. I had to write the front stuff to get to that final point. And those are really the, you know, the steps four and five, write a plan and then put that plan into action. The entire section on getting into action is all about goal setting. There's a, a thumbnail version of a goal or a productivity planner is what I call it. I will turn that into an actual productivity planner that people can work the exercises. But by and large, the, the main elements are, they're tied and interwoven. That's where the holistic part comes. It's know what you want to do, write it down, um, have a clear idea of, of the opportunity or problem that you're going to solve clearly decide what you want to do about it. And the decision is hard. What are you going to do? What are those action steps? One, two, three, four, five. You can list them all, or you can start with two or three, and then the progression happens from taking those actions, turning them into affirmations. We talked about the secret affirmations are basically speaking the truth in advance in a present positive statement. Um, I am going to be a best-selling author is is an affirmation. I am going to be a world-class, internationally renowned speaker across the world who motivates and inspires people. Those are all affirmations. Those haven't come true yet, but because I'm speaking them out loud and speaking the positivity in them, my subconscious starts to pick up on it and it starts to manifest itself.
1: Well, actually it is is true
2: now that you're on our show. So, I guess so, right? (laughs) (laughs) Russ always says the creatives don't give themselves enough credit. So, I guess, you
1: know, the visualization worldwide. So, I think you are now a worldwide public speaker.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I did it. The visualization part. Uh, Greg and Russ is really, really critical. I mean, I heard Russ talking about it because we're all in sales. And when I, I turn that corner by starting to visualize the positivity, the tone of my voice smiling and dialing is, is kind of a, you know, a cute trite way of sailing, but literally the tone of the voice comes through. If you are optimistic and energetic when you're talking to somebody else yeah and the process just the execution part and and then the reiteration and adjusting along the way but the goal setting part is the biggest thing about goal setting that people especially in business don't always realize because it's more performance and and outcome driven kpis and final metrics and blah, blah blah until you want to make makes me want to stick pencils in my eyes There's a different level of success and success in my opinion is people can define success, whatever it means to them, but the true success of goal setting, and this is what kind of hung me up in in calling it a goal setting book in the first place. It's a cliche, but it's so true. The true element of success is not what you get at the end. It's who you become in the process. It's not what you get or what you produce. It's who you become. And when you get to that place where you can become confident, you can have the courage to step forward and pick up the 10,000 pound phone and call somebody out of the blue, because you have a realistic idea that you might have something of value to offer them. And it doesn't have to be a sales situation. It can be a helpful situation. It can be a service situation or an HVAC business or a contractor or anybody of any field of any industry, when you come from that place, you become different and you actually become an advocate for that person you are trying to do business with. And that to me is the hidden value in this book. It's not about showing up and throwing up as a salesperson. It's about showing up and smiling and helping somebody to step along on their side and help That person, whether in business or just an individual that wants to graduate college or can't figure out their major. You guys got kids that are that age. I just (laughs) did it with my son. He came to me going, I don't want to become a nurse, dad. What am I going to do? I wanted to be a physical therapist, but I don't want to spend eight years in medical school. Son, you love science. You have the mind for analytics. What about computer science? And sure enough, he graduated from the junior college and went into Sonoma State. And two years later, he got a computer science degree. And six months after that, no, four months after that, in the pandemic, got hired by our local gaming company he has been working there ever since. Nice. So I got to apply some of this stuff in the midst of writing it with my own son. And that is a message that I want to share with your listeners is believe in yourself. The goal setting process is about learning to believe in your own abilities, in your own skills, and your willingness to stay humble and teachable. Because if you're not teachable, guess what, guys? Whoever's listening to this, nobody wants to hire you.
1: Nobody (laughs) wants to hire you. You know it all. So true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Just a sample of uh, what you're going to get in uh, the book there, 10 uh, Seconds of Boldness, The Essential Guide to Solving Problems and Building Self-Confidence. Sean, thank you uh, for sharing this with us. Thanks for giving me a book. I, d- I didn't mention, actually, uh, this is my fourth mention of barbecue, but Sean actually bought me barbecue the other day while we were having uh, wow. we were going over this book. So Barbecue and a book? That, yeah, that's how you get on both. the show.
2: You you give me taffy. You give me barbecue. How
0: do I get on that mail list? (laughs) I know. So, Sean, thank you. uh, Sandwich
2: and gave him a book. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for the pulled
0: (laughs) pork and uh, thank thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, you guys. It's been fun.
1: Thanks a lot, Sean. A lot of fun.
0: And thank you for listening, subscribing, and very important here uh reviewing DIY for business do that wherever you're listening to this podcast it really helps out uh please do that <laughs> it would be great hey we're uh, proud to be a part of the best business network in ElectraCast Media the subjects that we cover on this podcast are selected with the goal of helping your business grow all of the information provided is based uh, it's opinion based and you might want to consult a professional to discuss your exact business situation. Greg and I want your company to succeed and we're happy to take your questions. We'd also love to hear your suggestions for future episodes. If there's an area where you want some solid business advice or help, let us know, and we might be able to build an entire episode around it. We thank you again for listening and subscribing to DIY for Business, where you are not alone.
1: ElectroCast Records presents Jeff Simons and his brand new single, 48 lines, about 12 men.
0: Johnny was a kid who grew up in Situate. He had a million one-liners and a problem with barbiturates. He's a bartender and a bartender's son. His race was over before it even begun.
2: Jeff Simons, 48
1: lines on ElectroCast. Punk and roll for
2: 2023.
0: ElectroCast.